You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma podcast. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Excited to share this episode with you today. But before we do, I've got to thank our sponsors. First of all, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. They've been a huge part of this podcast for the last few years. So the Oklahoma Hall of Fame have been sharing Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com. And for daily updates, go to Oklahoma HOF on Instagram and give them a follow. Our other sponsor today is the Chickasaw Nation. Now, the Chickasaw Nation have sponsored pretty much everything in Oklahoma. They're a huge supporter of Oklahoma. And it's an honor to have their name and their brand supporting this podcast. So a huge shout out to Governor Anatoby for supporting this podcast. It really means a lot. Our third sponsor is Diffie Ford Lincoln down in El Reno. Now, this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine, um, play a lot of golf together. I've bought my cars from them. Do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, DiffieFord.net, and then on Instagram at DiffieFordLincoln. This podcast is brought to you by the Oklahoma Beef Council. On behalf of Oklahoma's 50,000 beef farming and ranching families, we are working hard every day to bring high-quality beef to your table. To learn more, visit OKLABeef.org. That's OKLABeef.org, linked below. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hoon here, host, back with another episode. Today, we are at the residence of Mr. Taylor Gooch, uh, back on the podcast after a couple of years. Um, excited to dive into, I mean, the last two years has been pretty life-changing for you, so a lot's changed. Um, you know, you've, you've had a beautiful baby daughter, and you've got another one on the way off the golf course, um, but obviously on the golf course, most people know about that stuff. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, um, but... I mean, first of all, mate, congratulations. It's been an insane couple of years for you, right? Yeah, that's that's one way to describe it. It's, um, yeah, no, it's been a lot of change uh, and a lot of good stuff, a lot of craziness, a lot of chaos. But, yeah, it's been, you know, it's been a lot of good golf as well. Yeah, yeah. I think I, think I was on the range. We were at the golf club at the same time you were practicing on the range. And my dad was in town. And I, yeah. I just kind of looked over and you're on the range and you like your phone is running off, you know, just blowing up. I think it was the day that um, I guess you'd announce or it had come out that everyone was going to live or, you know, the guys were going to live and stuff. And that was all announced. And I brought my dad over to see you and you're like, yeah, my phone has to stop ringing. This is crazy. And, you know, obviously you made a great decision for yourself. You made a decision for your family, for the rest of your legacy and the rest of your life. And, and that's something that I respect. Um, you know, it's in the position that I was in growing up, I would have done the same thing. So and a lot of people say they wouldn't have, but maybe those people have grown up with money and whatever it is, I think. And obviously you've you know gone on to play great golf and that's something that hasn't faltered. Um, whereas some of the guys maybe have gone, have not played great golf and, you know, you can look at whatever the stats are. But uh, yeah, mate, it's been great to kind of watch you just dominate world golf, you know, from, from the live perspective around the world and see like, you know, 
your life change, right? And have your wife there with you, Collins and Mike, obviously the team and, and the foundation kick off after that and the great things you're doing with the Oklahoma Golf Association. And then to have an Oklahoma home event, right? A Cedar Ridge. And I know it wasn't a great week. The weather wasn't great. The golf course struggled because the weather wasn't great. But I think it seemed like from a fan perspective, everyone loved it. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. We were talking about it recently. Um, my worst tournament personally of the season worst finish was was that week in, in Tulsa and I think it might have you know had in part to do with uh everything that was going on that week it was uh you know with the foundation and just with feeling like it was a home event with you know family and friends and you know trying to you know help make sure the week went great it was uh, it was an amazing week uh and it was an amazing week in spite of the very average golf uh but yeah, you, you know, it, it, it was, it's been such a, obviously, like I said, and we'll continue to probably say it a bunch, it's been a crazy year. Um, and ever since I saw you the day when I said the phone hasn't stopped, uh, that's still is happening and the, the phone's going crazy. But again, it's just, it's all good stuff. And it's, it's really cool to, um, you know, use this time in a way to help others to not only has this been, you know, this this change been a, a incredible blessing to me and my family and future generations, you know, but people outside of just my family, you know, we're we're trying to make a difference and um yeah, it's it's man, it's just been it's been crazy. Yeah. Uh well let's get it out of the way now so we don't have to beat around the bush and figure it out later. Was it th- what was this year? Was it thirty-seven point five million total this year? Yeah, something around there. I saw yeah. some. I just saw the picture of you and Victor on golf, whatever it was, and it was like Victor at thirty, whatever. You know, two Oklahoma State Cowboys that just dominated golf this year. Yeah. Um, obviously, everyone talks to you about that. Um, I don't really want to talk to you about too much, but you know, it's something that, like you just said, you know, the things that you can do with that. It's not like you, you know, uh, are just, you know, you're not doing you're not being selfish with it, right? Like your foundation's kicking off, you're having great events. I'm sure you've got so much more in the pipeline. Like I'm excited to find out what the foundation stuff is coming. Um, I have just been, it hasn't been publicized yet, but I'm now on the board for the Oklahoma Golf Association. So oh, awesome. Pumped for that. Yeah, uh, awesome. And I'm sure that's something that we can work towards and work together on in the future because obviously you know, sure. you're big in the junior game in that. Um, yeah, for sure. But when that money hits the bank account or you see that money in the bank account as someone who grew up playing John Conrad, Midwest city, you know, quote in, in quotes, like middle-class normal kid, not a yeah. country club kid with silver spoon. Like some of these people, you know, that, that grow up because golf's very expensive out here. I mean, oh, talk me through that. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's unfathomable. Truthfully. I, I remember my rookie year on the PGA tour, um, you know, talking with my caddy we played a lot of practice rounds my rookie year with Charles Howe and obviously extremely successful and and uh a long you know fruitful career on the PGA Tour and I remember playing with him thinking because at the time he was about to surpass like 40 million dollars on career earnings I just remember thinking golly that is so much money that is such success prolonged um and that is just it's crazy. And we were talking about it recently, my caddy and I, we were like, it's just, it's crazy to think that, you know, at that point in time, it seems so far out of like so far away to have that type of financial success on the golf course. And, um, it's just crazy that it's, it's, 
it's now happened as quickly as it has. And so, um, obviously very grateful and, and, you know, the God, God has been so good to us, but you know, it's, it's like you said, it's been cool because not only, uh, for me and my family, but for the difference we're going to make with junior golf in Oklahoma, the difference we're going to make, continue to make with hope is alive and positive tomorrows. And, um, you know, obviously we're, we love life church and, you know, our, our support of the church and, and everything. So, you know, it's just, it's super cool. Uh, also of course, you know, I can't talk about it without also saying it's fun to be able to do stuff. I never thought I would be able to do like get a new nine 11 or not new used one, but you know, uh, I was laughing. I almost text Victor Hovland the other day because I'm sure you saw where someone was like, you know, what'd you do with, you know, with your yeah. money this year? And he was like, oh, I took my mom on a trip. And, uh, I was like, I mean, that's, that's awesome. That's super cool. And that's part of what is so endearing about, uh, Javi is like, you know, he's so, you know, simple and, and not a flashy dude and doesn't care about a lot of materialistic things. And I almost texted him when I saw that and said, do you gotta go do something like do a little something, go get your cars, do right. something. So, um, yeah, no, it's just, yeah. it's funny. He, he, I mean, for him, it's like hiring his favorite death metal band just for a private yeah, concert right, right? Like, right do something like that um but yeah i mean it's it's great to have those experiences and like i said you're you're able to do things that you dreamt of doing right and you know going and doing that and doing it with the family and you know giving your family the experiences and paying you know giving back to your parents like you know i mean I'm, i grew up playing golf and the sacrifices that my parents made mm-hmm. you know like like for the first time this year i took my dad to the masters and like for me that was like the biggest thing ever to take him and see you know and but, you know, obviously you get to do that on a huge scale now, um, which is super awesome. But what are those things then? What are those bucket list stuff that you want? Obviously, you crossed off the 911. That's, yeah. that's a recent purchase. And you, yeah. and I honestly I was surprised it took you that long to buy one, but you did wait for the right one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, the the house, like the house, the new house that we've just built, um, you know, being able to, you know, uh, go about it in a way that we wanted to, you know, that was huge, you know, to build the kind of the forever home, if you will. Um, you know, other than that, you know, just having that, that comfort, you know, uh, from a financial stability perspective, it's, you know, it's, it's obviously changed things drastically. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't really know if there's really a whole lot of other bucket lists, you know, I, I'm, I may not be as simple as, uh, Vic is, but you know, I like a, I like a car. I like a watch. I like a, you know, some nice wine, but you know, that, you know, that hasn't changed, you know? Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that, that when, you know, when, when, when you basically get given, you know, or, or earn, not given, it's the wrong, definitely the wrong word for it. When you earn, you know, the, at the level that you have and knowing that you can do anything you want now, sometimes it takes away like the, specialness of getting of like oh, I'm working towards this and now I can now you know like working towards buying the 911 or working towards buying a watch or whatever right but and I'm sure there's times where you know you might have found that like I mean I need to find something that that brings me purpose and I know you and I know that that is family in the God and the foundation everything that's happened has just created more opportunity yeah. and it's when you say be a part of something you know it's I, I love my family obviously like I'm you know, I, I love this, this state. Uh, and I want to continue to try to, 
um, do right by the state and and to push things forward, you know, and and that's kind of where it's, you know, in a weird way, it's like I want to be, you know, a part of what the future of Oklahoma looks like in a very positive way. And yeah, so yeah. that's kind of where my mind is shifted and fo- um, focused in a different way than just making birdies, because, of course, I still have so much I want to do from a golf perspective. But, you know, um the platform that this has now given me, uh, it just, it, it makes me see my future in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see my future in being a part of Oklahoma on a, on a bigger scale and bigger level. And, it's, and I want to start setting up, um, you know, opportunities that are coming about now so that when the birdies are done, uh, when I'm not just golfing for a living anymore, like what's that next phase of life look like? And, and how do I, you know, have a balance now of still working my tail off and trying to be the best golfer mm-hmm. I can be, but trying to utilize opportunities that are now given to me or that have come about, like take advantage of those. So that's when the birdies are done, then what's the next step? Yeah. 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 I mean, and there's, the great thing is you got, you know, good people around you that, that can help you with that. Um, but also, you know, you've got not just close to you, but you've got all these examples of, you know, golf isn't something you can play. I mean, it is something you play forever, but, you know, if you have income coming in from other sources, like takes the pressure off golf, you can enjoy golf. I listened to a podcast with Podrick Harrington recently, and he's like, now I stay in the best hotels, even if they're an hour away, because I want a good night's sleep. I don't worry about going out to dinner, and I just enjoy golf now, right? Whereas he's like, in the past, he was grinding, eating, you know, never eating cheap meals, and obviously he's a three-time major champion. He's kind of worked his ass off, and he's, you know, he's earned that. So, yeah, um, that's, uh, that's a good way to put it. By the way, I played with, with Padraig at the Open this year. Yeah, and he's got he, speed, right? Dude, he bombs it for old men. Like, <laughs> it was so impressive, and obviously he's still, I mean, the three-time major yeah. champion. He's one of the, you know, best players, you know, especially uh, over in Europe over the last, you know, 25 years. And yeah. so it was it was super cool to play with him, um, you know, in an Open championship. Yeah. Um, but it was just cool, too, because it's, it's, it's inspirational to see um, these guys that, like, he's he's had a like a great career he doesn't have to like continue to strive to be great um but he's still striving to be great you know and that's that's super cool to see yeah no it's awesome tell me about the open then was that the second one you've played in because this year it was brutal right oh it was brutal uh the third or third third one yeah it was third one because my first one was uh when collins was was born. That's right. Yeah. I remember. That's when we did the podcast. Yes. I think, around the time. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, it was man. The golf course and, and the conditions. It was, it was tough. The last couple I played, you know, decent in. Uh, I finished like thirtieth in the the one at I think Royal St George's, and then last year uh, at St Andrews for the hundred fiftieth, which was super super special. You know, I played well there. Actually, aside from about a three hole stretch on Saturday, I. You know, I probably would have been in the thick of things. I ended up finishing, you know, 25th or 30th. I can't remember. Something around there. But, um, and then this year, I, I missed the cut. And that golf course just whooped my butt. So, uh, it was, it was obviously, anytime you play an open championship, it's my favorite tournament to play, like, of all of them. It's, it's the coolest uh, feel. Um, you know, I, I compare it to Augusta from a sense of, like, 
so those are the two best tournaments we play, I think, uh, in my opinion. Uh, one, Augusta is so pristine and perfect and flawless. Um, and it's so impressive how they go about that. But then almost on the opposite side of the spectrum is the open where it's like, it's raw and it's real and it's imperfect, but it's like, it's, there's something endearing and like enticing about, you know, not only the fans, but the golf course and everything that just says like, we're not going to try to be perfect. We love what we are and we hope you love it here. Come enjoy it. And so to me, that's why it's my favorite because it's like, it's perfectly imperfect and there's a rawness to it. That's just unlike any, anything else that we experience. And then obviously the, you know, the fans are, are, uh, it's, it's an experience unlike really anything else that it's, it's just super special. Yeah, the uh, oh, and then this year you got Harmon winning with um, Scott on the bag, who's an Oklahoman, yep. which is kind of cool and super it's cool. Funny seeing them stand next to each other because Scott's like seven feet tall. Yeah, correct. Uh, but no, yeah, the weather was horrendous. Um, it was a true open, right? Because in yeah. the past, I think you've had, you haven't really had bad weather in the one no, the yeah, two been, you've played in, right? Yeah, it's been yeah. decent. Yeah. yeah, and this one was just like. We're going to throw everything at you. Yeah. And then the senior open a week later was bad too, because that was in Wales and they were just like, just getting just destroyed out there. It was actually fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but you mentioned the masters. Um, I mean, it's perfect, obviously. And I, was that your first time? First time. Yeah. yeah. For oh, me, so I cool. couldn't believe obviously how steep 10 is, how steep 18 is. I couldn't believe how like, seven greens not deep at all right seven tiny. green is tiny. tiny um yeah i mean it just like it was super emotional walking on the property just like this is insane right? oh. like, this is it this is perfect it's funny I, I often not often but it's happened numerous times where we'll be on the course players and caddies and we talk about you know the uh, what's what's the best place what's the best tournament what's the best best course and and I always argued that uh, my standpoint is uh, Augusta is the most iconic place. You know, while my favorite tournament is the Open, Augusta is the most iconic, and it's because the Open moves year to year. Like Augusta, it's the same thing year after year, right? And it's like I remember my first time playing it um, on Friday. I'm walking down 11 Fairway with my caddy Mal, and I was just. I just kind of sat there and I like looked around because I think that's the the place like that you when you think of Augusta you don't think of eighteen like you think of Amen's Corner you think of eleven twelve thirteen like when you're walking down eleven fairway and there's no fans in that spot on the golf course and so you kind of feel like you're on your own and you see twelve t twelve green thirteen fairway like you just see it all right there and it's like that's the view that like holy crap, this is Augusta. This is, I remember, you know, Tiger making birdie there. I remember Zach Johnson laying up there and making birdie. You know, you remember all these things that you, as a kid, I grew up watching. It's like, dude, that it's just like, when you said like it got you emotional, it's like, there's just something special and, and just so cool about that place. Yeah, it's, it, I'm, it's bucket list, isn't it? I mean, even just mm -hmm. everyone, everyone's got to experience it once. Yep. Uh, you mentioned your caddy, Mal. It's Australian, right? Mm -hmm. how, how did I don't think we talked about this last time. How did that come about? How'd you meet? And then, um, you know, what's it been like having him on the bag for, you know, the last few years? So, um, Harold Varner uh, was on PJ Tour Corn Fair. He was a year ahead of me. So, 
in 2016 is when I got my uh, web dot, played on the web.com tour, now Corn Ferry. Um, and I didn't have a, a full-time caddy until that year. And so I was looking to get a full-time caddy and Harold, um, it's one of my you know best buddies. And I call him and I'm like, Hey, you know, do you have anyone that you know? Do you, you know, can you help me out here? And his caddy at the time was an Aussie and all the Aussie caddies, like there's a bunch of them. And, and, they kind of, you know, all know each other. And, and sure enough, his caddy, uh, Ray, um, was like, Hey, one, you know, one of my mates has, uh, is looking for a bag right now. Let's, let's connect y'all. And we went and played around a golf and just hit it off. And, uh, yeah, it's yeah. now six, six, seven years later. Uh, yeah. What's it been like taking Mal with, you know, to live and, and how that's different from PJ Tour and just as the caddies? Because it seems like they really take care of everybody. Oh, dude, live, it's right. Yeah, it's, it's such a different atmosphere anyway. Yeah, right, right. No, it's it, you often hear the term uh, caddy's dream, like live it for for everyone. But, you know, especially for the caddies, like it's just it's so different uh, than what the PJ Tour was. Um so yeah, it, it's it's been fantastic and just cool because you know, kind of that old school way of thinking of like caddies are, you know, second class citizens almost is the the old way of thinking to you know this this new age in the last ten fifteen years that you know their caddies are more a part of the team than what they previously were and and that's very much how I feel and um, you know it's cool to have live uh, and all credit to Greg Norman on it. Cause he's kind of heads that of we're going to have every, like everyone's part of this team. You know, there's no one that's, you know, better or worse that like we're all in this together. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's been great to, it's little things, you know, like each week there's player dining. Um, and it's cool that now that player dining isn't just players. It's, you know, your coach, your, your caddy, your trainer, your team gets, you know, access to the same places. And not only is it good to have everyone feel appreciated and welcomed, but from a logistics perspective, it's like, for me, I'm like, okay, well, I'm leaving dining. I got to call my caddy and ask him like, Hey, let's go meet up. And it's just all those little like differences um that have helped impact and i think part of why you know i've um thrived within live is is because of that you know it's logistically for me and and my caddy and trainer and coach and everyone like we're we're all in this together we're all a team and you know it's it's streamlined uh things within live logistically that have kind of helped you know just make things easier and better for us yeah talk to me about the training side of things obviously we're we're recording in your simulator room right now but right next to us is your home gym so tell yeah. me about the and i remember seeing you this summer and you know just kind of catching up on the back of the range and you're like you know i'm about to go do some speed stuff so yeah um you know i wouldn't say that you're a small hitter right yeah. compared to a lot of the guys but right. but tell me to the training side of things and and why yeah. that is important just to you and your game yeah yeah i mean uh so right out of school uh out of college um i dealt with some back injuries my first couple of years as a pro and it kind of held me back and you know, i think it's part of why i kind of got off to a slow start slow start as a pro um and and so my trainer Colby Toulier, uh works with a bunch of dudes, both PJ Tour and Live, and everyone in between, and a bunch of other athletes in different sports, baseball and football, and um, and I think he's you know one of the best in the game. Um, and 
you know, ever since getting with him, you know, I've, you know, knock on wood, I've been, you know, pretty dang healthy, uh, which obviously in any sport, you got to be healthy to, to make progress and to have a great career. And so, um, you know, all credit to him for being able to get my body in a spot to, to be healthy on a week to week basis. You know, uh, the, the grind of traveling week to week, different states, different countries, different beds, different facilities, you know, it's, um, something we take very seriously from a training perspective to make sure each and every week, you know, my body is in a good spot that I'm healthy and, and, you know, feeling good and performing highly. And so, um, you know, it's, it's kind of at the core of everything that we do is, uh, the, the training aspect, you know, and so, uh, hopefully this off season too, the next few months will, uh, I need to hit it like 10 or 15 yards longer. If I can get yeah. another 10 or 15 yards, I'm not trying to hit it like Bryson. Um, I'll never be able to hit it like yeah. Bryson, but if I could gain a little bit of speed, it would, it would make a difference. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, he's dedicated, obviously, and dedicated a lot of his time and everything he did to hitting it that far. And you can definitely, you, know, you can tell. Um, is, for you then to hit it the next extra 15 for the golf sickos out there, is it, you know, like longer driver? Is it ball speed? Is it just, I mean, what, what is it that is the focus? I mean, everyone's probably thinking speed sticks and rotation. And I remember one thing you said to me the last time we recorded was, you know, you're, you're kind of better having a little bit more. I can't remember if you just said like, fat was the word but just like you know golfers aren't ripped yeah right and yeah. That ripped brings injuries and all that stuff so having a little cushion was was like a good thing yeah um, yeah but no, yeah it, tell me about that like the how I, like we can dive into the specifics of you like you know what, what are the what is the workout regime to help you build i guess club head speed yeah uh obviously rotational strength power speed that's everything right um you know you don't have to be the biggest or strongest to be able to hit it the furthest you know look at what Rory does. Rory's built very differently than what Bryson is. Like Bryson's, Bryson's a big dude, like, and he's got tons of speed, but Rory is not a big dude and he's got tons of speed. And so, um, you know, I, there's so much science now behind, um, you know, the, the, the golf swing and the training of, of, golfers that, uh, I think it's pretty easy to go and see, you know, kind of what the, you know, the, the formula is for gaining speed. Uh, but I think to break it down simply, you, you got to get stronger, you got to get faster in the gym. And that is a myriad of things. And then I think you just got to, you got to train speed with a club in your hand and there's, you know, different ways to do that. And, um, you know, I don't know what it is for me cause I've never really done sp- speed training before. Um, and, and, you know, so I'm, I'm excited the next couple of months to try to get a little bit more speed and see if we can, you know, figure out how to hit it a little bit. Further. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm going to do the same thing too. I yet went up to see Steven at indoor 18 for an hour and just kind of like, I need to set my baseline, you know, hit it as hard as I can get my numbers. Yeah. And so yeah. th- I did that the other day and oh, cool. I'm like, okay, these are my numbers now. Now it gives me full winter and we'll see where we're at, you know, yeah. February, January, whenever it is next year that we, we can, and keep obviously, you know, once a month just checking in. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's, and everybody just wants to hit it further, right? Your ego is just like, I just want to hit, oh. I just want to outdrive all my buddies. I don't oh, care. Yeah. I don't care where it goes off the planet. If I hit one out of 10 that goes, you know, 350, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be happy to speak about it for the rest of my life. Uh, you mentioned, obviously, you travel a lot. Um, this golf 
you know, tourists taking you probably to countries you didn't think you'd go to or golf courses or places you didn't think you'd go to. Tell me a little bit about that. What's that been like, um, you know, going to certain places? I mean, you were in Hong Kong what, a, month, a couple of weeks ago, and I mean, that looks um, one of the most fascinating places to yeah. go. Um, so, yeah, what's that been like? Uh, you know, um, I, I'm, I love food. I love wine. I love all of that world. And so that's one of the huge uh, intrigues when I get on the road and go these other places is trying all this food and drinks and, you know, just diving into the culture around the, you know, in these different places around the world. And so it's just, man, it's fascinating. You know, it's, I I love being home, uh, but I love being at new places and seeing these, you know, different parts of the world. You know, we, we were in Singapore and Australia and like I said, Hong Kong and Bangkok and, all throughout Europe. It was cool this, this summer. I had uh, my wife and, and daughter with me uh, for when we played in Valderrama in Spain. So we went Spain for a tournament and then London for a tournament, had a week off and then the British Open. And since we, you know, we weren't going to come back home for that off week. So we stayed over there. We went to Paris for a few days and, you know, spent a little more time in London and the greater area of London, you know, it's just, it's just so cool, man. It's, it's such a blessing and uh, such a cool opportunity and especially to share it with, you know, friends and family and, and, um, you know, just seeing that there's a lot bigger world out there and there's a lot bigger problems than what we realize we have here. And so it's, it's great for perspective, you know, it's great for, it's, it's very humbling. Uh, and it's just, it's a blast. It's something I, I thoroughly enjoy and I've gotten really good at, uh, figuring out on these 10, 15 hour flights of how to enjoy it rather than be miserable in it. So, uh, it's, 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 you know, one of those deals, I remember my first long flight was from Dallas to um, to Sydney. And I remember thinking, this is a 15-hour flight. Like, How am I going to get to this? What am I going to do for 15 hours? <laughs> and, uh, you know, now with uh, how life has progressed, I actually really enjoy those long flights because it's like a time where I can go and, like, be brainless and mindless for 15 hours and watch a bunch of movies and eat a bunch of food and just hang. So, um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's again, it's crazy. It is crazy. You're right. Uh, dive into the food for me. What, um, what are the big likes? What are the big dislikes? Uh, red wine, white wine. I mean, um, you know, like what, what do you consider that something that just like, you know, obviously everyone kind of seems to like steak, but yeah. you know, and, and also do you want to get into the chef side? Are you, you know, you're interested in cooking it as well. So dive into that love of food for me. Yeah. I wish I liked to cook. I don't have the patience <laughs> for it. Uh, but man, like this, this last trip I was in Hong Kong, we had, uh, golly, we had like fish liver and some kind of like cheek and all this like weird stuff that you're never going to have here. Uh, so it's just, you, obviously, like I said, we all like steak. We all like pasta. We all like this, you know, the stuff that everyone likes, but it's super fascinating to be in these other areas where you're trying these different, you know, cuisines from that part of the world. Um, I, my wife and I, we did our honeymoon in Italy. Mm-hmm. And so I, absolutely love Italian food, obviously pasta, but everything else. And, um, you know, we, we kind of keep joking. We're like, you know, if this world just keeps getting crazy, maybe, maybe we just 
you know, go buy some land in Italy and just go off the grid and go, you know, make our own wine and raise our own cattle and, you know, just go live, live like the Italians do. Cause we, we absolutely love, uh, Italy. We, we spent time in, in Venice and Florence and Rome and the Amalfi and, um, yeah, so a pipe dream is one day to, um, you know, have a place in Italy and just go live like the Italians do. And my wife makes great pasta, like homemade, handmade pasta. And so that's like when I'm home and not traveling, uh, if she makes me some pasta when I'm home, I'm, I'm a happy man. Food is the love language in the Gooch house, it sounds like. That's right. <laughs> Food and wine, baby. That is awesome. What about the wine side? Um, red, white? Does it matter? All, all of it. Yeah. I just, I'm not a rice wine person, AKA okay. sake. Okay. Not, not for me. Uh, but no, I love, I love wine. Um, you know, again, it's another cool thing about traveling the world. Like mm-hmm. when we were in Australia, uh, on Tuesday, so I got there like a Sunday afternoon and tournament didn't start till Friday. And so Monday I went and practiced and, and saw the course for the first time. And I told my caddy and I was like, Tuesday, I'm going wine tasting. Uh, we were right near the Barossa Valley, which is kind of similar to like Napa Valley for uh, Australia. And so I went and spent a full day wine tasting and just seeing seeing what wine country in Australia was like. And so it was awesome. But no, I, I love it all, man. I, uh, I have a bunch of red wine, a bunch of white wine at the house. And so uh, I like it all. Yeah. You won that week, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I did. Mal's home in Mal's yep. backyard. Yep. yep. That was... Uh, yeah, I remember watching draining a huge part on eighteen. Um, I mean, how how is Australian golf right? Like with the like the super kind of knife edge bunkers to greens and I mean, I gotta get down there. It looks incredible. But how was that week? And how's the golf course? And what is Australian golf like? Yeah, the world? yeah. So uh, the the sand belt is what it's called. Um, kind of the the famous uh, golfing area of of Australia, and it's. You know, for the real like golf nerds, they'll know like that's that's kind of revered as some of the best golf in the world. And uh, where we were wasn't exactly in that sandbell area, but it was right near it. Um, and it was, I mean, fantastic. You know, it's uh, I'm not going to say linksy because it's not linksy, but it's not like U.S. Open, big rough, like crazy greens. Like it's, it's um, there's there's runoffs around the greens, and like you said, the knife edge bunkers, and there's not much rough, and so if you miss the green, it could run you know thirty yards away. And um, in the states, uh, a lot of golf courses, like you're kind of a shot. It, like this shot is calls for this type of golf shot. Um, and that's kind of all, all you can do where in Australia, like the type of golf, like you can get creative, you can run stuff up, you can hit mid flight stuff or high stuff. Like there's not really like a, a, you know, a game plan of like, this is what you have to do. It's kind of like you're, you know, I, I say like this, like you can be an artist, you can paint however you want. Um, and that's how that style of golf is. And, um, it's absolutely fantastic and obviously I'm biased because I've you know had success there but I, I, I it's some of my favorite golf that we've played and I'm you know just can't wait to, to be yeah. back. well and people who know you and have known you coming up like it, it seems like short game has been the strength of your game your entire life right you know growing up not really hitting it far and then coming to chip and putt to get the greens and all that stuff so you get to Australia and you like you just said you can paint you can hit any shot you kind of feel like you want to it doesn't require one shot and 
you know, you it's just like, ah, this is fun to me, right? You know, whereas some people they're like, oh, they they you know, they, there's some indecision, right? I, do I run this? Oh, I haven't hit a bump and run in three months. You right. know, like do I, you know do I hit you know kind of dead arm one and get it or one hop and stop it like this? Right. But for you, you're like. Let's go. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I can hit any chart from you, even if you want to run a three wood up there and just yeah. the back foot and run right. it. But right. that's super exciting. And obviously, I'm sure Mal was just having the week of his life. Oh, dude, it was, it was so cool. And, and obviously, Aussies are, are passionate and passionate for sport, passionate for golf, but passionate for their own, for their own Aussies. And so it was one of the coolest moments of the year to, uh, you know, get up on stage to get the trophy. And, you know, obviously when we're on stage, the caddies, you know, our caddies are with us too. And so, you know, to give him the trophy to raise up in front of the, you know, tens of thousands of fans right there, it was, you know, a storybook type of ending to a storybook type of week. And so it was just super, super cool. So awesome. Yeah, I loved watching it. And, and like I said, getting that back to caddies, getting really you know more involved. Um, let's talk about Oklahoma for a little bit. Uh, you know, with the success you've had, a lot of people would may have thought to move to Jupiter, kind of the home of golf, you know, in the States and just play medalist or play Bears Club in the sun all the time. And, you know, just with all the pros you got down there. Tell me why you stay here. Why, why the Oklahoma? Why, you know, why not move to Jupiter and, and pro, you know, prolong your golf career? Not prolong, but you know, further your golf career than Jupiter. And why stay in Oklahoma and deal with some of the weather that we have as well, right? Yeah, you know, um, I, I think in the, the time that we live, um, I don't think you have to live in a certain area to, you know, to first of all, to further your career. Um, you know, some, some guys might need that, but it's not necessary. Um, and you know, one of the benefits of being, uh, kind of centralized in the United States is it's easy to get anywhere in the States from this part of our part of the country. Right. Um, obviously the weather is not ideal, but that's not a bad thing. You know, it's, it's also, it's easy to get to Scottsdale. My, my coach is in, in Scottsdale. That's an easy flight that, you know, and my trainers in, in Florida, it's, it's easy to get there. And, um, you know, until, uh, live started, you know, the off season was very short. And so basically from Thanksgiving till the first of January, five, six weeks tops was the, the, the downtime, the off season. And as we all know in Oklahoma and in this part of the world, like you still get good enough weather that time where, you know, if I wanted to go get some work in, you know, you can always go get some work in. Um, but it was also nice too, um, you know, to, in that short off season that was like, there's still enough bad days that kind of forced you away, you know, from, from the course. And, you know, we spent enough time on the golf course that it's nice to kind of be forced to not, you know, go out there. I, you know, growing up, you, uh, in the off season and in the bad months of the year, anytime the weather is good, you felt like compelled to get out there and get work in. Uh, and so that still is, you know, in my core, my DNA. And it's like, if it's good weather, you know, like yesterday was perfect, by the way. It was perfect. And I was just like, 
I'm kind of forcing myself right now to take a little bit of time away. And I was like feeling guilty because it's like, gosh, dang it. Like I need to be out there, you Stop know, getting the work, yeah. you know? And so, um, but no, you know, where I rest my head, I, I want it to be close to family and friends. Um, and, and it's easy to, if weather is bad, you know, to get to where weather is good, uh, it's easy to do that. And so for me, family, friends, you know, where, where I raise family is more important than, um, you know, getting good weather all year round. Yeah. Uh, well, that leads into the house, which you touched on a little bit earlier. Because I'm in real estate and I like to nerd out about house and building a house and all that stuff. People listening don't have to listen to this if they want to, don't want to, but I, I, I'm selfishly going to ask you this. Tell me about the process of designing the house, what you wanted, what you didn't want. You and Allie building your dream home, your forever home. Um, you know, you beautiful backyard with, with some golf stuff out there as well. You know, we're in your hitting room, you have a gym. Um, you know, when I think of building a dream house because I'm, a, you know, my man cave or whatever, it's going to have a golf simulator, a gym, um, you know, and, and a nice three car garage and the rest of the house. I don't really worry about yeah, right? And a putty right. green maybe. And that's about it. But tell me about that process. How long was the process uh, and just kind of, you know, the design of the house and why you decided to, to build it the way you did. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of similar in the the nerdiness of houses like i've especially with our like the my traveling lifestyle do i get to see some crazy you know houses and super cool stuff and so it's something my my granddad um uh built homes you know growing up and so um when i went to oklahoma state uh a fun little side story uh i took a visit to um the engineering architecture school there in like the second um, room that I saw when I was in there uh, was a room full of cots, like these little you know beds. And I was like, and Coach McGraw, the coach at the time, was with me as and with the head of the school. Uh, I was like, you know, I'm 16, 17 years old or whatever. I'm like, what's that? And uh, the the head of school was like, oh, that's you know when they're you're pulling on all nighters if you want to go get a nap or something. In I like look at Coach McGraw. I'm like. Uh, and he, he basically was like, I didn't want to like crush your dreams. He goes, but let's just say there's not a lot of golfers that, uh, take on this, uh, this degree. And so in a different life, I would have loved to have been like an architect, uh, of, of sorts. And so, um, I've always had an eye for it. Like I've always been aware of it. And, um, and my, my wife, uh, grew up, her dad, uh, kind of on the side was always doing house projects and different stuff. And so she's been around it for, for a while too. So collectively we've for years talked about, you know, building our own house one day and, and what that would look like. And, uh, I, you know, am almost ashamed to say, like, I have a Pinterest with like her where we're always, you know, we've been putting ideas of stuff together. And so, uh, this, this house, uh, that we, you know, we built, it was a long time in the making from like our minds and like all the little details. And so, um, you know, it was cool to, you know, put all of our ideas together and actually implement it. And, and so, like I said, you know, I always had a dream of having the sim room and my gym here. And, um, you know, especially now with having a little one, you know, I don't have to go to the gym to, you know, outside the house, like I can still stay here and, you know, um, you know, it's just, it's made life at home easier, you know? Um, and it was funny too. So the, the, the green outside, when I first started thinking about that, I was like, 
of course I, you know, being a golfer, like you want to have a putting green out there. But then I was like, you know what, you know, when golf is done, it's almost going to be like annoying that I can't even get away from golf when golf is done. Uh, but I started thinking more about it and with having a little one and then, you know, another one on the way, it's like, man, it'd be really cool if this would kind of ignite something in them to, to want to be a part of golf. And so, um, that's ended up being the reason I decided to put the green in back there was for my kids. And so it was, um, about two or three months ago, we were, um, in Greenbrier for a tournament and then in Jersey for a tournament. It was the first time I had been away from my girls for a while. And so I'm FaceTiming them after the round every day. And, and it was the first time my daughter was like, like, daddy, we, we golf when you home. And I was like, okay, that just made that whole thing worth it. Cause she was at my wife and daughter were out there on the, you know, the, the green when she called and, you know, was talking like that. And I was like, all right, that just made it worth it, you know, and beyond, you know, being out there with buddies, having a drink or two, putting and hanging out like that, that call alone was like, okay, I'm glad we did this. Yeah. That's a super cool dad moment, right? Like all the dads listening to this are just like, oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, no, it's right. And, and the one thing like, same as you, like I, I have like, I love first thing I, you know, the first thing you do when you walk into a house is you walk through the front door. And the first thing I noticed when we're walking up to your house was how sick that front door is. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. you know, and, and how it just kind of opens the way it does. And now it's just, you know, glass and steel and it's wide. And again, people listening are like, why are you talking about a front door? <laughs> um, but it, it fits the aesthetic of the house, right. And yeah. everything. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's the first thing you do. You open a door and then it sets the tone. And, you know, like I said, you have your entryway and your wine wall, which is going to be full at some point, obviously on the left. And, um, you know, it's, uh, no, the front door was like that was one of my like you said gym golf sim putting like all that but throughout the other parts of the house like the front door was one of like the first things i was like because like you said that's like the first thing you see or you know first thing getting into the house and you know it's a you know this big single pivot door and you just don't often see those especially in oklahoma and so through my travels and specifically i'll never forget there was this one house in scottsdale we went to it had it was twice as big as that door by the way and i just remember thinking this is the coolest thing i've ever seen i was like babe because my wife was with me i was like babe we're going to have a sweet front door. Yeah. Like, it's going to happen. So yes. That's awesome. Uh, was there any other non-negotiables you had when you were building or any ones that you, you or Ali had at the time? Oh yeah. Tons. Yeah. No, fortunately, fortunately we are aesthetically, we see, we have the same tastes and same likes. And, and, um, so, uh, it was a really easy process for us because we just, we have the, the same style, if you will. And, um, so one of the other like dream things was the, the have you seen the the back uh, window glass doors like yeah. when it's open up? Well, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, you saw it. Like that was the front door and that were like the two things I was like I want to build the house around these two parts, like the back opening up all the way as if you're in you know Palm Springs or something. Um, and so those were the two things I was like I don't care about everything, but those are two things I want to make sure those are focal points. And those are things that, you know, we're going to build the, the house around basically. Yeah. yeah. It's sick. Love it. It looks awesome. Uh, I love bringing this up because this was a really good week for me. Um, the Ryder cup. 
was fantastic for me watching it here for the first time. Well, not first time, but watching it, waking up in the morning, seeing Europeans up 405 or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. But you have a really good friend that dominated on the US side that week, and that was Max. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I hope that one day, whatever happens in the future, that Live PJ Tour figures itself out and you are eligible to play on the Ryder Cup. Um, but how was that watching a good buddy of yours, you know, really kind of like, make it right and he's yeah. re- he's really kind of excelled this year max has had a great year mm-hmm. and obviously won in in africa um recently but what's that like and obviously like the team is getting destroyed but yeah you know you're watching your buddy out there play for the country and he's having the week of his life yeah for sure i mean you know at at this point i don't have the uh because i have so many you know friendships and relationships with people within the game of golf like yeah. that week it it's it makes it easier for me when america loses because like i have friends on both sides yeah. you know and so um i i have more more so that week was cheering on you know buddies than teams yeah. so um you know the my 15 year old self would have been devastated uh where now myself I, it, it at least takes the emotions out of it a little bit which for me is nice because i wouldn't i wouldn't be so pissed about it but yeah. no it was it was um obviously so cool uh watching max and our our kind of journey uh as friends and colleagues and you know in this golf world it's 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 been so cool to see you know him being a you know, absolute phenomenal college golfer and national, you know, national champion. And, and, uh, you know, just for him to go from being, uh, one of the best college golfers in the country to, you know, being a professional golfer. And he, his first years as a pro, he had some ups and downs and to see him overcome that and then become the golfer that he is. And to be, you know, the best probably the best player of the Ryder Cup, maybe of both sides that week. Um, you know, it's just super cool. And, you know, for the last few years, uh, we had talked about, you know, playing in Rome together, you know, and unfortunately it didn't work out, but it was still so cool to see him just thrive in that environment. And, you know, I, I obviously knew uh, that he was going to have that chance and, and to talk to buddies about, like, what a week he had. It was just, it's cool, you know, not only um, – as a guy who's competed with them, but just as a guy that, you know, has kind of our careers have kind of grown in a, in a kind of similar way, uh, in a similar time frame, And it's just, it's cool to see such success by, you know, one of your best buddies who's kind of in a similar time period in their life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's right. Like, yeah, I mean, I remember us talking, you know, the first time we did a podcast it was years and years ago. Um, and, you know, you mentioned that, like, yeah, like, this is, it would be great, and you guys are buddies, and, you know, obviously you guys have had success at the same times, it's just, it hasn't, you know, it's just kind of gone its separate way because of the different tours, but hopefully it comes back together, and it seems like they'll figure it out at some point. Um, with obviously going to live and, and do all that stuff, sponsors changed, right? There was dropping of sponsors, new sponsors. Time for you to give your new sponsors a shout-out, because, I, I mean, I, tell me about them. What, what, what's it been like having, you know, dealing with all that stuff and, and the new sponsors coming on board. And, and I mean, you got obviously a great team around you. So tell me about that. What's that like? You know, it's, it's been really, really fascinating to kind of, um, be able to pull the curtain back, uh, on the business side of professional golf and kind of see the inner workings, everything from, uh, TV to sponsors to, you know, 
agents and managers and just the whole thing. This that's one thing. This um, you know this chaotic time over the last couple of years has it's just illuminated uh, kind of the inefficiencies of professional golf and um, it's um, also given me and a lot of guys within live kind of a behind the scenes look at like how things work you know uh, beyond just trying to us just trying to make birdies and so for me kind of being interested in you know uh, something aside from just making birdies like from the structure of business it's it's been really really cool to kind of see how it all works and you know it's um it's an obviously an interesting time um but it, it's a, a buddy a buddy said it really well he goes this is this is going to be a crash course of of entrepreneurship and a you know startup of a new sports league that's it's 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 going to be like a case study for harvard business you know 10 20 30 years down the road and so um as i've i've said for a while now it's it's been very cool to kind of have a seat at the table to see how things work and now that you know partnerships and relationships um you know have kind of unfolded and and come together through this whole deal you know it's um there's a lot of work to do, uh, and there's a lot of there's a, so much that goes into the professional golf world. Mm-hmm. It's just it's been very very interesting to see, and um, you know obviously people have from a sponsorship perspective have you know uh, been a little apprehensive with Live because of all the chaos that's been going on, and hopefully that will continue to subside, and people will you know realize at the end of the day we're we're not performing heart surgery. Mm-hmm. We're playing golf. This is meant to be entertainment. This is meant to, meant, meant to be fun. And it's, it's not meant to be as serious as what some people have made it out to be. Um, you know, one of my buddies said that he, he said, guys, I don't know why everyone's getting so serious about it. like, this isn't life and death. This is just golf at the end of the day. And, um, you love the, the passion that the fans have. And, and that's great. And I think, Part of what has made this time so interesting and fueled the energy of golf is we haven't had those like, you know, villains and heroes and that story that you need in sports to kind of help get people going. And and we have that that fuel now within golf of we've got the heroes and the villains, you know, Um, and Liv's got a lot of heroes and villains, you know, within. And so, um, yeah, man, it's it's such a fascinating time, and, and it's going to be so cool to continue to see how it all unfolds. Because you know, like you said, it's 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 what's best for everybody. If if there's you know, um, if if some of the bad blood and some of the animosity kind of leaves the system, and mm-hmm. we figure out how to kind of all work together in some capacity. Yeah, what has been kind of the big takeaway then for you over the last two years of being involved in Live? Obviously, your golf has thrived, but just for you, just it doesn't have to be on the golf side. It could be on the life and business side too, but like just something that, you know, you really, cause obviously there's a reason you've excelled, you know, obviously you've been played fantastic golf, but as we all know, like it's the mind that, that needs a lot more help more than probably the golf game. Anyone can stand up there in a golf ball. And what people don't know that watch professional golf is literally anybody in that field can win every, mm-hmm. every week. It's just the guy who's got it between the ears at the time. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what has been the biggest takeaway and what have you learned the most then from, from those two years? 
Um, you know, it's, it's not like I learned anything new. Uh, my, my journey, I've talked about this a bit, like my journey with my career has been kind of a brick by brick, step by step. And I've built this house of a career, if you will, you know, brick by brick and step by step. And, um, you know, guys like Victor Hovland and, you know, Jordan Spieth and, you know, Colin Morcall are these, these superstars over the last, you know, 10, 15 years that have come out firing right out the gate. Um, you know, they've, they've, those players are, are so great and they've made that immediate quick success. They've, they've made that look normal when in reality, if you look at the history of golf, it's just, it's not normal for guys to have such success so early. And so, I, I just haven't fallen within that type of a player. My, my career, you know, kind of similar to Max, like, you know, we've had some ups and downs to, to then get to a point where, you know, I believe, you know, we're, you know, some of the best players in the world. And it's just, it took a little bit more time than what, you know, everyone thinks it should, you know? And, and so for me, my, um, I think my success, uh, you know, within live, you know, there's a few, you know, of the factors of, you know, like we talked about, whether it's the caddies and everyone kind of, you know, logistically it being simpler or, you know, uh, playing, you know, not as often, you know, playing 14 events a year rather than 26 events a year or whatever. And so I think a little bit of those nuances have helped, but more so, I think if you look at the trajectory of my career, you know, I've continued to improve year after year. And, um, you know, before joining Liv uh, that season on tour, I was, I forget, I was around fifth or so on the FedEx Cup, you know, and so um, I was playing really good golf already. Um, and as you play more and more good golf, that, that confidence just keeps building, that belief just keeps building. And so, um, it's kind of just one of those, you know, matching of, you know, the, the nuances of the differences between the PGA Tour and live me being kind of more comfortable in that environment maybe. And then also the, the, the strength and skills of my games continuing to improve and, and just being more confident in myself as a, as a golfer, you know? And so it's just comfort, comfort and confident in those uh, moments on the golf course that have just, you know, continued to grow and, and helped me, you know, succeed over the last couple of years, you know? Yeah, no, it all makes sense. It all comes together. And, and I'm, I think you did a great job putting it that way too. It's, uh, you know, it's, cliche quote but Rome wasn't built in a day right it's like just building your game like a house and, and bringing it together and then once you find that confidence and you settle in it's like alright that's where well, I'm one of my one of my favorite uh, rappers Big Sean yeah. he, he has a, a line in a song he goes it took me 10 years to be an overnight success yeah you know, and, and, and all of a sudden it's like people see someone being successful they think they've figured something out you know and it's some magic you know fairy dust that you just sprinkle on it and all of a sudden you, you're successful it, it just doesn't happen like that it's just it took time and like you said brick by brick and mm-hmm. uh room wasn't built in a day is, is spot on yeah uh so finishing up foundation let's talk about that what's the plan for the new year plan for the foundation for next year and, and just kind of you know you had a big um ajg event eight is that how you say it ajg yeah. mm-hmm. this year um which was great to see and I'll see your coach flew in for it and you guys did a mm-hmm. kind of a, uh, you know, like a seminar kind of talk or guest speaker or whatever it was after. I'm sure the kids love that, but going forward, like how, how much, you know, so you want to do more and there's, you know, 
there's you're going to allocate more time to it and resources now. What do you want to do with it? What's the plan for next year? Yeah, I mean, I, I think continuing to do what we've done just in bigger ways. You know, we want to um, continue to support Oklahoma golf, junior golf within Oklahoma and give kids more more opportunity. And, and you know, obviously golf, as I've said you know, numerous times, it's been such a blessing to me, but I don't want you know, our sole focus as a foundation to be just in golf. And so, um, you know, we're, we're always on the lookout for, for different organizations and different causes that we believe in. And a couple of them that we've attached to really closely is positive tomorrows and hope is alive. And so we, we will absolutely continue to, uh, focus on, on those causes and, and, you know, we want to continue to support, you know, this community, this state in, in whatever way we see, you know, best fit. And so um, obviously the next generation is what I'm, my focus is going to be. How do we give the next generation, the next, you know, these kids, how do we give them more of an opportunity to uplift themselves, to uplift their community? And, and that's going to be the focus. And, and I don't know what that looks like. I don't in, in different ways. I, I do know, like I said, golf will still be a focus uh you know helping with you know positive tomorrows and hope is live will continue to be a focus and uh we always have our eyes and ears peeled to to different areas to see you know what else can we help with who else can can we help and so um yeah it's going to be a focus and like you said it's you know not only the from a resources but from a time perspective it's it's great to to be in a spot to where it can continue to be a focus no, for sure. Well, mate, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for sharing, uh, sharing some stories, inviting me into the house. Um, congratulations uh, uh, on obviously a fantastic couple of years and winning the league this year. And then also um, wish you and Ali a happy, healthy pregnancy for baby Carter. Um, got a, a boy coming, which I'm sure you're thrilled about. Uh, but yeah, man, I really appreciate you and uh, pumped to see your success and excited to see how the foundation goes here and the lives that you change going forward. And I'm going to just keep checking in every couple of years. Doing yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm already ready for the next one. So for people listening, I will catch you next episode. Cheers. Hope you guys enjoyed that great episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, huge shout out to our sponsors, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, sharing Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at OklahomaHOF. Our other sponsor, the Chickasaw Nation, amazing sponsor they do amazing things for the state and they're always sponsoring something in oklahoma they're a huge supporter of oklahoma and without their support we wouldn't be able to do what we do and our third sponsor is diffie ford lincoln down in el reno now this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine um play a lot of golf together i've bought my cars from them do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, DiffieFord.net, and then on Instagram at DiffieFordLincoln. This podcast is brought to you by the Oklahoma Beef Council. On behalf of Oklahoma's 50,000 beef farming and ranching families, we are working hard every day to bring high-quality beef to your table. To learn more, visit OKLABeef.org. That's OKLABeef.org, linked below. Thank you for listening. 
We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.